I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved, featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory, relentless performance for your firearms. Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Memnay. Howdy, howdy. T here with the Element Podcast. T and K. T and K right here, man. Yeah. Uh, sitting on the Nebraska Furniture Mart couch. Man. What do you think? Reminiscent. Reminiscent. <laughs> Nostalgism. Yeah. We're going to do a little of this today. Yeah. So, um, guys, it's time to dream. That's right. Dream big, as they say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dream on. And that, uh, that's what Bill says, right? I always dream yeah, big. I always dream big. That's right, dude. And when Bill does that, you listen. Okay? I dream every time. That's right. I guarantee you. So um, we're going to talk about some of our dreams and stuff today, especially when it relates to the outdoor world. Um, but first, <laughs> I Tyler, thought you said summer dreams. Tyler's making a political statement over here. I am, man. I got a, I got a shirt on. It looks like red. It's red, white, and blue. It says "Make Mechanicals Great Again." KC, what does that mean? It's your party line. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, Tyler, what that means is not that they need to make better mechanical broadheads, which some people do, uh, but instead people need to come around to realize that there's one more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, and that way is not to shoot a deer in the hindquarter. We've seen that done lately. That's a bad thing. Don't do that. But the way to do that is to understand that if you were shooting an adult arrow, as some would say, all right, you're shooting something that has good energy and good momentum out of a grown-up bow, it's okay to choose to shoot a well-made mechanical broadhead. We had a big old uh, 
podcast on broadheads or rollbacks, so we won't go yeah. too far with that. But if you feel as if you are in a in that oppressed demographic of those who are okay with shooting a mechanical broadhead with a bow, you should go so show your support. You know, get on yeah. the cause, right? What if you're on the fence? Can you go watch a broadhead video and learn about broadheads and how you can shoot different shots? At the moment, like while we're recording this podcast, you can't. However, by the time this podcast airs, I would imagine you can. We got two percent uploaded already. Good deal, man. dude. All right, <laughs> two percenters, right? Yeah, we uh, did a uh, we did a we're in the bottom two percent bracket tax bracket. That's um, right. So we have a video we did recently. We know we did the podcast, but if you want more of that, we go through a little more of like the different uh, shot angles and choices you might make and why a certain broadhead would work. We show you every broadhead we could conjure um, for this video, and there's probably like over 15 of them probably. Yeah, there's a bunch of different broadheads and different styles of broadheads, and we were a little bit uh, more... uh, What's the right word? Subjective? Yeah. Or objective, rather. Objective. Sorry. Yeah, we're a bit more objective with the video than we were our podcast. We kind of let it fly on the podcast about our personal opinions on mm. things. But uh, really just try to just do our best to present what each broadhead had going for it. It'd be great for you to get on there and comment like your thoughts and maybe something that we missed or whatever you may have mm-hmm. uh, been had experience with as well. And then also... Go to TheElementWild.com and get you a Make Mechanicals Great Again shirt because mm-hmm. it's going to make you feel good. You're going to shoot good, and that means you're going to kill good when it comes to the, the – isn't that the saying, feel good, kill good? And I that, think it's it, man. That's what we uh, look good, feel good, feel good, look good, look good, feel good, kill good. Yeah. I think it's it. Look that's good, feel good. That's good. what we're going to I just I made me another shirt. That's right, dude. <laughs> you that's better right. Buy it Be ready for it. that one, too. Hey, this hey. is a really sh- soft shirt, though. We get we try to get good quality shirts made. Mm-hmm. We could get just some, like, straight-up cotton shirts, but we know that uh, KC wouldn't wear them, so we don't that's get right. them. So we get, makes you sweat. We get that tribal in, mm. feel good. Uh, we <clears> also <throat> will have some more shirts coming out pretty soon as yeah. well. So uh, y'all be ready for that. We're gonna make you looking slick for the fall. I'm right? wearing them all, dude. That's right, dude. I'm <laughs> gonna are, out of that. I just made these shirts for me, dude, pretty much. I, I think we're gonna be wearing first light, but we're gonna be wearing our <laughs> Element branded T-shirts in the tree stand. That's it, for real, <laughs> for real, dude. But uh, so. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that last podcast we did. I actually enjoyed doing that. It's nice to be able to podcast some th- about some things you're passionate about. And I feel like that's probably what we're going to do today. Yeah. Um, I actually violated the rule, guys. Uh, we probably shouldn't acknowledge that we are podcasting while we're talking here. So sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, however, we are sitting down with you, hanging out. That's right. It's just you don't so have any input. I showed. Did I show you that yesterday? You showed? Yeah, what the, I should, the the meme. Oh, the meme you showed us. There's yes. a meme. There's a meme where it's uh, this kid. He's like eating a snack and laughing his head off. And right next to him is this poster on the wall of three other people <laughs> laughing their heads off. He said, "This is what it's like listening to my favorite podcast." Or yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right, dude. I follow this um, account on Twitter, which Twitter's underrated as far as social media platforms go. It's probably my favorite. Um, well, maybe not anymore. Why? Maybe it's overrated. Or not overrated, but rated uh, equally. Because I rated it? Equally rated. No, just because there's new ownership. Oh, I don't. that actually hasn't gone through all the way. Really? Yeah. Uh, apparently, when you sell something for $57 billion, it takes a little bit of vetting <laughs> I don't, to I'm, make it happen. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not quiet in that league. I'm close, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, things are already kind of changing over a little bit for the better. Um, but uh, there's, like, some cool accounts, and one of them is... Uh, 
like, what do they call it? Uh, like origin of memes or something like that. So like they'll have like that poster and show what it originally was about or the one that <laughs> gets me every time. You know that? It's like a drawing of like a lady with her eyes real big looking out, something smiling, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I know. Let me see if I can look it up. It's, it's, a, it's like a Hoover vacuum commercial or something, but it, <laughs> the expression on this lady's face is like a, what on earth is that kind of thing, you know? Um, <laughs> How old is this lady? Uh, it's a drawing. Oh, it's a drawing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's like a, you know, a housewife-looking lady, which in drawings, housewives are between 25 and 45. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it's kind of like some people we know. Yeah. It's a drawing, huh? Yeah. Is she, uh, any of those you see? Oh, yeah, the first one. This one? Yeah. Oh, okay. it's not a drawing. I didn't, it's I, a lady. That's the one I was looking I at. I thought it was a drawing. You said drawing, not. yeah. It's funny, dude. Yeah. yeah, she got the weird look going on. Yeah, but it's just a normal commercial, uh, you know, or whatever. It's just a Hoover ad in a magazine. It's kind of funny. Dude, I don't know. Thinking back on memes, I, there's probably something I'm missing, but I don't know if there's ever been a more viral explosion of memes than the Will Smith thing. Yeah, I don't know. Do you remember all the memes that were made like a few weeks ago? When yeah, I tried to tune it out because I got annoyed with it. dude, it was every it was everyone. Felt, it was I, just Chris Rock getting hit. I still feel like it was a publicity stunt. I do too. Yeah, crazy. What do y'all think? Send us a DM if you have a thought That's about right. that. Yeah, let me know. Um, um, anyway, but yeah, as far as explosion over one thing, it's there's probably not very many. I still I I crack up at a lot of them. <laughs> the Bernie Sanders one, where he's like. You know, standing outside in, in Vermont in the cold, <laughs> and he's saying, "I am once again asking for you to." And then they insert whatever you want to. Yeah. I am once again asking for you to go buy an Element T-shirt. <laughs> dude, that's hilarious. Oh. It just gets me, man. Dude. And then the, I don't know. There's a pretty big explosion that time whenever uh, Bernie Sanders was at the. Uh, he's a very memeable guy, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> like. Uh, where he's like sitting with his mittens on at the DNC or whatever it is. Yeah. Is that the one you were talking That's about? That's what I was he's talking about. He's sitting by himself yeah. with his mittens on. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Pretty <laughs> with funny a mask stuff. on or Yes. Goofball. Man, I put that in a video actually one time. Uh, one of our videos? Yeah. It was like last summer, I think. I can't remember which video it was, but I think I put that in a video. Tyler, your politics are showing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting in meme and see what comes up. But yeah, today uh, there's something that rhymes with meme that we actually, or memes that we want to talk about. It's dreams. We're going to meme our dreams. We're, we're going to. We, what we, meme best des- describes <laughs> your dream? I'm going to tell you all what my dreams memes to me. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, lots of Yoda memes. Uh, yeah. There's lots of do- uh, dog memes too. The See, Willy Wonka ones are pretty funny. Those are pretty funny. Yeah. The memes were like. Uh, was it iFunny or whatever? Like originally, you remember back whenever we were like early college is when memes kind of started. Yeah, and it was like um, e bombs world. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. stuff, man. And like they were trying, like there was like these things that were like just I don't know. It wasn't even really a meme. It was just like <laughs> a generic image with some words on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of, kind of. You know the strange. one with the monkey. On the TV show, and he's just sitting there like he's looking forward with his eyes real wide. Yeah. He looks back in the second picture mm-hmm. with his eyes back. Yeah. Pretty yeah, funny. pretty funny. That's a Kermit good Kermit memes are always pretty yeah. good, too. I like the Kermit memes. Winnie the Pooh's got several memes. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan crying memes. Jordan crying. That was a pretty viral one yeah. right there for yeah. sure. There's a lot of the Star Wars memes where Anakin's talking to Padme. <laughs> 
whenever <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. see those? Yeah. Yeah. Man, some good ones, dude. Yeah. I could sit there and look at these all day. Uh, yeah, we yeah. could. Anyway. And we will later. But for right now, we need to talk about your dreams. So yeah. we decided that um, summertime is a lot about planning. And y'all probably get t- tired of talking about this stuff. And we'll talk more about planning and stuff. But it's fun to dream a little bit and think about, like, some of the cool stuff that you're going to get to do this year and or in the future that you just aspire and hope to do one day or just, like, dream that maybe one day somehow – this would happen. So we thought we would talk a little bit about like just what our dreams are. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you need to feel a little more inspired and think about like some of the horizons out there, or maybe like it's a good opportunity for y'all to also share some of the stuff with us and tell us what you think would be super, cooper duper cool <laughs> to do. Um, so, uh, Tyler, mm. are we going to start top tier or bottom tier? Top tier. Top tier? Yep. What is your absolute dreamiest dream of a hunt? Well, this is a tough question, obviously. It is. Um, because there are things, I don't know, there's things like some guys might think that like an Argali is a cooler experience or whatever than like a doll sheep. Mm-hmm. Because they're both sheep, but one of them's way bigger and one of them's further across the planet, more of an adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, in the the eye of this beholder, I think there are two things that stick up pretty far and above everything else. And we're talking about hunting here first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the Argali thing would be cool because I like sheep. So can you explain what an Argali is? Because I yeah. think I know what that is, but I'm... It's like a it's like a broad term for the species of sheep from the Middle East. Um, so, so is a Marco Polo an Argali? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I may be wrong, people. So let me know. But there's like a bunch of sheep in the Himalayas over there mm-hmm. that are like considered Argali, from what I understand. I may be wrong here. Correct me. And if they I'm are wrong. different than ibex, right? Those are two different things. Yes, ibex are goats, so. and Argali are sheep. Yes, I believe so. So. I'm going to type in Argali right now and just see what it defines it as. Um, Argali is also known as the mountain sheep. It's a wild sheep that roams the highlands of Western and East Asia, the Himalayas, Tibet, and the Altai Mountains. So they're, they can get like 400 pounds. Like some of those Argali are huge. They're different sheep, though. It's not like – it's like you said, there's okay, different – that's, that's a Marco Polo right Marco there. Polo. Yeah. yeah. And these are like different Tibetan sheeps and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, or whatever. So – but they it just have, looks like a red sheep. Yeah, it does. It might be, actually. I, I don't know where they come from. I wonder if red sheep is a type of Argali. Probably. But anyway, they're cool. I like sheep a lot. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of weird, maybe. But, like, I've always thought that a sheep was the top deal for me. The Argali thing is just a little too much travel for my taste, probably, and a little bit too hostile in that area um, as yeah, far as heard humanity some goes. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. So... I think I really, I don't think I would ever go do that. So if I'm talking about the dreamiest of dream hunts that I would like to do, there's two of them, and I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to put them both out there and probably denote one as the winner, but it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. So now we're, we're talking about sheep. A bighorn sheep on a on public land, just because, not necessarily because it's public, it's cooler than private, but more that it's public um, and 
it has the aspect of wilderness. Mm. Whereas a lot of private stuff, you can kill sheep pretty easy that don't really behave like wild sheep, maybe. Um, and then, like, and I think there there's a place in in Alberta that's famous for big sheep, big 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 horns, and they it's like on this mine where the ground is like warm and keeps the snow melted. I think this is what I've heard, and so they can feed on grass on this mine, right? And people just like line the boundary. And that have tags and wait on a sheep to cross over the line and shoot it. That's not really my definition of what I want if I was thinking of the dreamiest of dreamy. So, like, honestly, I'm thinking, and I may have said this recently on a podcast, but British Columbia and Alberta are kind of out for me. Um, Montana would be the dreamiest of dream mm-hmm. hunts. I know it's like, it sounds close to home and all, but like, it's where big, the world records are. They're big sheep yeah. there. There's lots of them. And, uh, they they manage them to live wild and on public land. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I think that would be the, the dreamiest of dream, but my runner-up and maybe potentially, who knows, like I sometimes I think it, like one is better than the other, depending on the mood I'm in, mm-hmm. is a gigantic Alaskan Yukon moose hunt. And I'd like to do it. Like, you know, if you watch the Shockey videos, like every once in a while or often – He's like calling them through just like a fire forest mm-hmm. of like low shrubs, you know. It's just like orange and red and yellow, and that sucker just comes in, just waving its head, you know, from four hundred yards or like. If I could just go ahead and say the dream hunt, that's what happens on the dream hunt, you know. Big huge moose because I like I've eaten moose meat, I loved it. It's the biggest deer there is, and uh, they're you know they're just they live in cool places, man. If you could um, do this, but in the modern human era, uh, and, and say, like, you have time, like, you can travel a couple hundred years back or whatever, does that change anything about what you would That's do? good question. Um, maybe. But I don't know. Like, I look at the Jack O'Connor stories, which is not a couple hundred years, but it's a while back. Hundred years, yeah, yeah. There's that's some cool stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, he was just out there in the middle of nowhere, just smoking sheep mm-hmm. all over the place, just yeah, leaving, leaving them on the mountain. A bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want I don't want to do that necessarily, but it's just it's like a wild west. I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure out what conservation is even at this mm-hmm. point, kind of story, you know. And I think that's cool that you know. Because we all, when we're young, want to just shoot everything. You yeah. know what I mean? And then at some point, you, you shoot a bunch of stuff, and you're like, oh, I kind of just want to shoot a few of these, but I, I want to shoot this kind of deal or whatever. Mm. I want to have this kind of experience. And that's, But I just think that, like, I don't know. That, that stuff up there in, in Montana is probably fairly developed mm-hmm. uh, compared to, like, what Alaska, parts of Alaska would be right now or whatever for, like, doll sheep and stuff. So... It's hard to tell, but I think Montana a couple hundred years ago, uh, the only other thing that I can think of that it may, that would maybe be up there with it is like hunting an elk in a wild place that's really undeveloped back in the day. Like Plains? Rocky Mountain National Park, even. Yeah. Like just places that like, 
Like yeah. it's a park now. Tyler, right? what's your favorite illegal hunt you could? Do? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Like prior to nineteen oh five, could I please hunt Rocky Mountain yeah. National Park for elk? You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that would be cool. Plains elk would be cool. Like if you think about like the Missouri Breaks country, yeah. there's elk probably f- all over that stuff. I mean, there is right mm-hmm. now, but even out way out on the flat stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'd be it'd be pretty cool to do for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um. So. I'm going to go off of the precedent here. Your top tier, there's two options, right? That's my two. This is top, yep. top tier. I am going to go ahead and say, like, the Marco Polos. Mm. Assuming I would be in good enough shape to do it, which, mm. you know, uh, the um, it depends on your outfitter, of course, right, how good a shape you have to be in this stuff. Some guys just chase them down in cars and shoot them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, going to – a place that takes you 14 hours by bus to get there after you've flown halfway across the world seems really, really, really cool. Yeah. And I'm assuming, like, within this dream, there's no, like, um, family responsibility where, like, I have to worry about self-preservation and also being away from my family for a long time, you know? See, I was kind of playing that in, but... Yeah. I'm not saying my family are holding me back from my dreams. That's not what I'm trying to say. No, yeah. um, you should make decisions based off of circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, while uh, we were talking about Argali, uh, Ovis Amon, uh, so uh, Ovis is the family. Sheep. Or, or I'm whatever. sorry, genus. Um, yeah. Ovis is the sheep genus, right? Uh, and Amon, A M M O N, is the Argali. So, technically, every Argali is the same species. Marco Polo, red sheep, all this stuff is all the same species, and it's all subspecies of that, which is akin to ibex as well. I'm pretty sure they can all hybridize and have uh, valid young. So really, yeah, I, actually, I think all goats are that way. Huh. So like, you can take an ibex, and I saw Roger Ragland do this. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, you can take an ibex <laughs> and and hybridize it with a boar goat, and you end up with an ibex hybrid that uh, um, is just Pretty much a goat. I got a couple acres here. I might could try something. That'd be like pretty that. cool. Marco Polo Orgali. I think that would be just because it's like the largest horned animal yep. out there. Yeah, huge. Right. They're cool, dude. Mm-hmm. They are cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, that'd be cool for and sure. And I hate to choose another sheep, but like to bring it back, I just really like doll sheep. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, they're just beautiful. Just a white thing. Yeah. And like especially the ones with the splayed out. Horns, those are so cool, man. The country, too, that they're in. And it's a little bit more achievable, kind of like how your list was, right? Like a bighorn, you could almost hunt a Marco Polo for the same amount of money you could hunt with a bighorn, I would think. I bet it's not that far off. I don't know. It's all. The way I understand it is all that stuff, if you go over to the Middle East, is like $100,000 hunts. What's a bighorn cost? I think they're like 60. Those are both unattainable for me. So <laughs> they, about, they the, about the same dollar amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, like, just like the moose thing is a slightly bit more attainable. Yeah. The doll sheep is slightly bit more obtainable, I would think, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I would, like, I would say that, like, the Marco Polo thing would not be something I'm ever going to do. And I'm okay with that. It's just like, wow, that would be so awesome. Yeah. Right? But, like... I almost want to say I see myself shooting a doll sheep before I die. Oh, I'd love it. Dude. Some things would have to fall into place. Doll sheep, I mean, it's there, too. Yeah. I mean, sheep are cool, dude. Yeah, they're neat. They live in cool places. 
They're super they wild. They thrive in cool places. That's what's yeah, yeah. wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they. <clears throat> where God, nothing else thrives. Yes. God said, hey, look at this thing I made, like this country I made. I'm going to make an animal that works here perfectly. Yeah. It's wild. Like as far as like a big mammal, nothing else inhabits some of those territories. Mm-hmm. Think about like some of the desert sheep. Ain't nothing out there. No. Mule deer won't even live in some of that stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. crazy. But just making a living. Dude, I love watching those videos of <clears throat> desert bighorns just cracking their he- their heads against cactus until they break them and eat them. They're like aliens. Dude, they do look like aliens. Their <laughs> eyes are way out on the side <laughs> of their head. You imagine being a big ram and like, I don't know, growing up and you can see and then all of a sudden you're seven and like your peripheral vision just gets <laughs> goes away. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. strange. Yeah. That's why they I think that's why they hang out in bands because they can't see very good anymore. Probably. You know? You yeah. uh does any um pre Columbian stuff matter? Uh or whatever just you want to call it. Pre European you know? Africa. Yeah. Like if I could be one of the first people to, to like explore Africa Dad, and hunt dude. there. That's I, a cool thought. I would absolutely do it. Like um, still one Man, day might that's a good get thought. the opportunity to go to Africa and would do it. And I think it would be cool. But like before high fences, before outfitting, going to Africa and just being like, I'm going to go hunt one of those. Like, yeah. It'd be sick. Yeah. Big way to really die cool. too. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a real good way to die of the TT fly. Real good way to die of malaria. TT fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Die of alligator, of hippo, of elephant. No of, alligators in Africa. Oh, not crocodiles. crocodile. What am I doing? Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, always conservation-minded, man. Alligator, right. American alligator is great conservation story of American. Is it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> <coughs> that, that's that's definitely um, the African thing is something I didn't think about, but that would be really cool mm-hmm. because also you could die from uh, just tribal warfare or whatever you want to call it. Probably could. Cause uh, there's all there's been war over there for so much history, man. It's crazy. Same thing goes for any of those Asian countries too. Yeah. What's weird is like, you know, <clears throat> nowadays the West is kind of like where war happens, or what, well, actually we take our wars to poor places and yeah. have them there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like you know, the orchestrators of war since you know about the 1600s have been you know French, Spanish, English, now America, and other people. Anyways, but like. You talk about, like, millennia of war. You know, there's a reason why uh, Afghanistan has never been conquered. because they are real good at fighting where they live. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. you know. So, it, I don't know. Anyways. Crazy. Nah, well, politics, too much. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, um, let's move on to this. Dreamiest of dreams fishing trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the same same format where like we we have our alternate. That's like it's probably an alternate. Yeah. yeah okay. I uh, think I know what you're about to say. I got a I got a, a thought. What I'm gonna say for my dreamiest of dreams. Yeah. Well, tell me what you think it is. is this it, may not. This may be your backup though. It's okay. Seychelles. Seychelles is my dreamiest. Dreams. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Uh, or any. I would say Seychelles because it's the most famous. But any of the atolls of like the uh, Indo Pacific. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, man. It's just. What you, what I love about saltwater is you can go to the Texas coast, cast out something, and one of ten things will eat it. Yeah. You go over there, and it's one of fifty things will eat it, and they all are the color of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. It is insane, and most of them taste good. Yeah. Which is strange, right? Yeah. 
So, like, it's just a lot of options. And it's very um, fly fishing friendly because it's a lot of shallow water, clear water stuff. I mean, imagine getting to catch a, what's it, Picasso parrotfish, right? Uh, that might be the ones in Florida. I don't know. Uh, the big old, uh, like, what's that thing called? He's got that big old Yeah, thing I know what you're talking about. Front. It's a parrotfish. It's got the big old thing. They get huge. You catch them on fly rod. Um, and uh, those guys. And then you could catch a giant the trevally. steep head? I don't know. Maybe not. Whatever. You can catch a giant trevally, same area, you know, like – Probably the ultimate sport fish, honestly, for a fly fisherman would be that. Um, GTs. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah, dude. Isn't it wild how, like, you just went to Florida. Yeah. And did some stuff. We saw a bunch of cool parrotfish. You saw the tarpon that, like, eat from your hand and stuff. But, like, it's the same thing with those giant trevally. Like, people go out there trying to catch them and work real hard for them, but... Then, like, they'll be cleaning a bonita, and they throw the carcass out there, and those giant trevally just, like, if you stuck your arm in there, it'd be gone. Yeah. They'd eat it. It's wild, dude. Yeah. Dogtooth tuna are out there, too, in the, in the yeah. Indo-Pacific. Yeah, just that general area. Like, if you could spend 10 days out there with uh, a couple different boating options, you know, like inshore, offshore, just, it'd be pretty hard to beat. It would, man. Man. Parrotfish are the coolest, dude. They're neat. And they're... They say they're real tasty. Yeah, I heard that. Which is weird because they eat coral. What's your uh, What's your alternate? Well, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. I don't know. It's so hard to say. Yeah. Because I want to. I do like something freshwater. Um. Fishing is so much more obtainable, pretty much, than um, because, like, licensing and tag allocations come into play with hunting. Where fishing, travel is the biggest yeah. uh, impediment there. Like, you can literally... Well, there's, you know, the world is, what, 70% of, of its water, mm-hmm. right, or whatever. So, you just have a lot more fish in the sea mm-hmm. than you do animals on the land. Yeah. So... So, it costs uh, more to shoot an animal. I would say something... Uh, exploratory would be my next thing. So, like, we were talking about the other day, like, some of the, like, uh, Alps stuff where there are kind of, like, semi-undocumented species of trout that are, like, closely related to brown trout. You can just go fish, like, Slovenia or Mm -hmm. Romania or any of these places that have, like, crystal, crystal clear streams that have fish in them that nobody talks about because it's just not an in- industrialized fishery. You yeah. Know? That would yeah. be pretty cool. I think that would be top tier, at least, mm-hmm. would be would be that. It's cool, man. What about you? Well, no, I, I get to give my my in time when I get to go back in time. When, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely whenever it was legal to fish for great whites. Oh, Absolutely, dude. without question, that would be <laughs> like that's my number one, but it's just not legal anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be number one for sure. Mm. To catch the the baddest living apex predator on planet Earth, mono rod and reel would be pretty sick. Just throw a big old seal with a hook in it. Yeah, yeah, sick. Be awesome. Nasty. <laughs> just just troll around a dead whale. Mm. How cool is that? Be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, that was the first thing I thought when I started seeing those Discovery Great White Shark explosions. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
Hold up. They need to put a uh, hook in that yeah, seal, the, <laughs> the seal bait right there. I always wanted to know how long they trawled that thing. Like, yeah, did, did they too. get a blow up every two hours or was a blow up every three days? Yeah. You know? How much video space and batteries did they use? I don't know. A bunch. Because they were shooting that stuff at pretty high frame rates. Yeah. I, I remember, like, you know, Shark Week was such a big deal for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember watching that those episodes and then it's like the first time I ever like was introduced to the concept of frame rates and like shooting things in super slow-mo and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and thinking about that stuff. There's some epic stuff there, man. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, man, I've got like, I don't know. I have like two top tier ones probably. And then like a, a good old alternate, as well, alternates, alternate. No, nah, we're gonna do the alternates here in a little bit. We're gonna, aren't we? Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah you're but right. Like you're, right. You're back yeah. in time one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've got. Uh, I would say, I don't know. I've been on a really big kick for just uh, blue water fishing lately. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, ever since kind of preparing for the Cabo trip and uh, drawing the short straw there. So, thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Thanks, Hunter. Um, anyway, um, one thing I really want to do is catch a. Well, I can talk about that later. I what I would do my dreamiest of dream trips probably right now is going to be a very close run again between Panama for black marlin because you just it's wild, but it's from what I understand it's pretty easy to get to and uh, to fly to or whatever, uh, but still like really pretty remote and wild, mm-hmm. and you just like you're you're within like a couple hundred yards of the shore. You know, trolling off the jungle. You know what I mean. Yeah. And black marlin that are five hundred to a thousand pounds are circling the, the water. You know what I mean? Pretty cool. I mean, dude. Like I've seen some pictures. Those things are cool, dude. You gonna string it up or you gonna let it go? I don't know. Probably let it go. I guess it just depends. What man. are the odds of a of a one thousand pound marlin surviving? Slim. I Slim. I feel like that too. Yep. I mean. But I know that YouTube would want you to let it go. Surely they eat pretty good, right? Oh, I guarantee you they I mean, do. swordfish eat great, no yeah. matter how big they are. Dude, I mean, yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, yeah, that, they keep lots of marlin to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, I wouldn't be able to take a ton of it home, probably. Might, dream, like, dude, dream fishing trip. You get to carry it all home. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I'm paying for t- take it all, send that's it right. home. Um, so that's kind of the thing there. There's, I think there's big tuna in that area too. Um, and then they have, they actually have like really cool, I think like, I don't know if they call it reef fishing or whatever, but it's deep water, like grouper species and stuff like that, you know, uh, snapper and stuff like that. I think they have really good fishing for that too there in Panama. So that's kind of lately, that's been kind of my, one of my dream trips uh, would be like a Panama deal like that or on the same vein, like a Marlin trip to Bermuda or something. But then my alternate is probably the Seychelles um, for all the reasons you listed. And then, Sorry to take it from you. No, it's good. Uh, I mean, how do you beat it, you know? Well, that means that maybe we could go together one day and split some costs if we're both trying to get there. Okay. <laughs> Next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, see you, Eric. We can video this one. He's <laughs> not listening. Uh, anyway, so my... Uh, what what is it? Back in time one. Yeah, you're back in time one. Back in time. Back to the future. Um, I don't know. Probably this is this sounds lame. Probably, but I would like to just take a 
Rocky Mountain West, not Rocky Mountain, but a Western North America trip that I just catch all of the native cutthroat type species. Mm. As many as I could, you mm-hmm. know, like just basically take like <clears throat> four months and do that. It's cool. <clears throat> yeah, that, that would be pretty fun. I mean, why would that have to be a back in time? Um, because those species are un, uh, mixed with rainbows mm, and yeah. also just to be wild. Strain. You know, and not have, not have like a bunch of white what, folk everywhere on the roads yeah what's that uh, a bunch of just non-consumptive users out there just <laughs> in the it. way not make and also not non-paying users yeah. what's the uh <clears throat> that extinct cutthroat from the arkansas drainage do you remember what it's called um no what is it the arkansas Jamie river yeah uh <laughs> it's uh there's an extinct cutthroat that was like the biggest of the Colorado. i remember us looking at this yeah I'm t- I'm looking it up just like Rogan would have me do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, supposedly been gone. Yellowfin, like yellowfin cutthroat. That's right. Yeah, and was like the brightest and biggest of the cutthroat in Colorado. Yeah. Previously thought to be extinct was recently. Hold on, oh, <laughs> hold yeah. on. There yeah, we go. Right. This is Here why. Here we go. This is why I love these cutthroat dude. Back from the day, extinct Colorado cutthroat trout rediscovered years later. Okay, never mind. That's talking about a greenback. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> they want to, who knows? Uh, San Juan River Basin, Colorado cutthroat lineage of some sort. It's This stuff is pretty cool if you like to nerd out and stuff like that. Like, yeah. You can really, there are like so many different, like unique little variances in cutthroats that they'll, they'll find, like, I was looking at one I was trying to catch um, a couple years ago on the big mm-hmm. trip that like, they had, they had a long time ago diverted water from the creek, and they had dug, like hand dug a irrigation canal to, and diverted water flow to that, which ended up cutting the cutthroat in that particular stream off below that diversion or whatever, mm-hmm. or above it or however that works, I guess. And uh, there was like they found like in the two thousands or whatever they found like this. They were like, this is, this is a unique population of Colorado cutthroats where yeah. it's like extremely pure, you know, or whatever, because it's been cut off because of this irrigation canal. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, just stuff like that. Just It's like, it's history, man. It I is mean, cool, man. I mean, the first time I ever thought much about it was 2013. I was in Colorado elk hunting and uh, just walking around in the mountains and saw some cutthroat in a stream. And I was like, how did they get there? <laughs> Where do they go? There's no way that fish swam up from down, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 14, 15 miles probably to the river. Mm-hmm. And this, it's just cool, man. Just living there while it snows and ices in That's the right. winter. That's right, man. It's crazy, it's wild. Dude. I thought you were going to say, um, since we're going back in time, I thought you were going to say the Pacific Salmon Runs, mm. which... If I that's a good if man. I would be allotted for you and me to like maybe say like oh by the way we're all we're on this trip and we're catching all these things yeah <laughs> cut throat to and go Pacific. see the like the American salmon runs yeah would be awesome it's true and man to fish those yeah it's a good thought that would be really cool it would be sick man well those are our dreamiest of dreams we have uh, some things that we aspire to which we have a, we have made the designation at least amongst ourselves that. When you aspire 
to do something, you actually have a pretty good chance of doing that thing um, at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the difference in these two things is that the dreamiest of dreams likely never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could put money on the fact that Casey's probably not going to shoot a Marco Polo at any time in his life. Maybe, maybe not, but probably not. Who knows? Maybe somebody listens to this podcast and just wants to like hook me up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, and so the as- the aspirational um, hunting or fishing trips are the ones that are a little more ta- obtainable that we think we would like to do. So let's talk about those a little bit. I would mm-hmm. also like to hear some of the ones that are, if somebody out there has like a really cool thought about something they would want to do, they aspire to do, or it would be a dream trip that was different than what we've talked about. I'd like to, I'd like to, you to email or dm us or whatever Mm -hmm. because i'd like to i'd like that stuff to be on my radar too yeah but uh let's start off with hunting and uh, we got kind of two here yeah hunting hunting uh you know top two they're top tier for two of them okay um man i didn't think about this enough i don't think it's weird because you can't make it just like outrageous yeah yeah you got to figure out what (laughs) what it would be i will say this is not my my this is not the top one. This is the second one. Okay. okay. J. Scott makes those gold turkeys look real cool. Ah, oh, how about that? As weird as that sounds, if I can go <clears throat> shoot a mess of them, I don't want to go to Mexico to shoot one. You got to at least let me shoot two. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. But that looks really neat. Yeah. I think that I would like to do that sometime. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen in my lifetime, but it's obtainable. Yeah. If I decided I wanted to go do it. It looks really neat. It does look cool. Those yeah. are big birds, man. They are. They're cool. And they're really wide on the tips. You know what else looks real cool? What's that? A gigantic mule deer. That's your paintable one? I mean, that's just, I'm just throwing that out there. It's one of those things. It's not the top one, but. Is that on, is that, are you, are you using that one? It's in the list one? somewhere. Are you using that one right now? <laughs> I'm just telling you that the, I may have a chance to obtain that one. <laughs> you might have a chance to obtain that one. That's right. That's well, right. Yeah, I got a. I drew a pretty slick tag this year. Is that is that your second one in it's there? It's just an announcement. Okay, <laughs> that I drew a tag. <laughs> Did you imagine that when you would um, kill a big mule deer? You know, assuming that you mm-hmm. have success. Did you imagine it would have velvet? Nope, probably not. I mean, definitely not when I first started applying for this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And also, until like last year, I was I was wanting to hunt the rut for them. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that if I wanted a rut hunt, I would have to be older than any man lives to anymore. Is it really that bad? I mean, no, probably not. But I'm just saying it's it's outrageous. Like yeah. what what the rut hunts are going to go for. Mm-hmm. And Colorado is probably not uh, like the state as a general public is probably not too. Uh, ready and willing to just make hunting awesome again Mm -hmm. and uh i'm thinking less and less tags as opposed to more and more tags over the years fun yeah anyway okay so that's not your second one no that's just my announcement that i drew you drew good colorado tag (laughs) it's exciting man yeah i'm stoked about that me too uh what's your what's your your b for tier two Man. Or you can give me A, but I just assume since I did B that you so, want to do too. <clears throat> and Alaskan Yukon moose is expensive if you just don't know anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But I have potentially a few connections on some stuff like that that I might could do it for actually pretty affordable. So 
It's kind of weird, but there's some overlap there potentially. So but that's just, not, but that's not your dreamiest of dream moves. Oh, no, that would be the dream. So you're saying you are melding your dreamiest of dream and your obtainable. Yeah, because it's man, can it's we obtainable. all be like you? I know, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, that that that's in there for sure. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I think it is obtainable. I think I will do that at some point. Um, I want to shoot a moose. We talked about doing moose in like 2020 at some point. Gosh, this thing dude, and yes. Look at us now, our jokes. Well, 2020 was quite not the year to travel. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, 22 is though. We're traveling, just not to Alaska. Yeah, well, um, who knows what the future holds? That's right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, um, I think. What was I just thinking? I had it in my Sorry, mind. Sorry, I probably said something distracting. No, no, no. I had, I had, I had one in my mind, and um, I'll be honest. A, uh, if I could go ahead and throw the word big, a big elk, you know, just wild place bugling coming mm-hmm. to me would be about as cool as something I could obtain. I think. So I don't really have like a. A place. I mean, I, I'm building points in Arizona. I'm there for the long game, so that's probably I'm not probably the place. <laughs> no, not anymore. Are you? <laughs> Burn Arizona points, guys. We got so many tags, man. Yeah. So many tags. Yep. Um, I think that's probably mine too. I mean, um, we're gonna get to hunt Iowa pretty soon for whitetail, and that's not. It's just not on yeah. the same level because it only takes three, four, five years. You know, so it's like. Yeah, it takes some time, takes some commitment, but it's not like a dream. You know, you yeah. guess you could say you dream about hunting a well-managed place in Iowa. Now, that's kind of hard to get a hold of. Yeah. You know, um, but who knows? Well, could be. You know, I, I this is what I was thinking that I forgot about, though. Um, I always wanted to hunt whitetail growing up in Saskatchewan. Mm. I wanted to do that bad. I feel like it's cold. Um, yeah, I didn't want to do the cold hunt. I wanted to do something more, you know. Did they kill the deer earlier in the year? Some. There. I mean, I think the rut's in November still. Yeah. The same thing. I mean, Alberta would have probably been in the same league, mm-hmm. but I always we always talked about Saskatchewan because we mm-hmm. saw some hunts on like real trees or whatever. That yeah. was it. But if I could choose one that I would go back do the go back in time deal, uh, it might be. Um, this is an obtainable thing, right? But it would probably be about a 2010 Iowa tag. Ooh. Right before the HD. Before outbreak. HD. Before. It- Got crazy wild. That would be pretty cool. That was like the time. Is like we, we came out of this 90s. When the 90s came through, we went from that to like we learned how to manage deer in the 90s. And then like every show talked about passing deer and letting them grow and stuff. Mm-hmm. And by 2010, right before the HD outbreak, there were giants everywhere there, I felt like. Mm, it seemed like it for sure. Yeah, it seems like it for sure. But uh, That's that's a pretty good one. I think that uh, – Deer, I mean, I'm sorry, elk in the Southwest is probably my most obtainable yeah. one I want to do again. I, and big elk, mm-hmm. like 340 plus. That's elk. Th- three, 330 is probably my line of delineation of big elk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're at home and you've shot a 305 and you call it a big elk, I believe you and I agree. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's difference, you know, that's a mature elk, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Big antlered elk or that three forty. It, it, to shoot a Boone and Crockett elk, it's a three seventy five, right? Or three eighty. I thought it was three seventy, but maybe th- it's three seventy five or something like it's that. Yeah, crazy big. Yeah, like there's just not think, many of them. Man. Yes, you equate that like in my 
in my humble opinion, it is way harder to shoot a Boone and Crockett elk than it is to shoot a Boone and Crockett whitetail. Haven't done either. I don't know. I I I should look up some stats on that. Well, because you could look up like how many hunters and how many booners. You can skew all this, right? You can because you can outfit anything and make it happen if you got the money. But here's the deal: is it's net, and a elk is going to typically be a lot more symmetrical than deer. Well, I wasn't really going net in my head when I was talking about Boone and Crockett. Like yeah. If I shoot a 370 it has net elk, if it's Boone and Crockett. Yeah, if you book it. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Because a Boone and Crockett elk is probably like close to a 390 or something like that, you know, in a lot of cases. I think... Uh, 380s. Well, if I remember right, the non-typical's probably easier to hit than the typical. It's just finding the non-typical. Probably. Because I think it's only like 390 or something. Yeah, like there's just not many of them yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's not a very crazy. non-typical critter. So cool, dude. Oh, yeah. Mule deer, on the other hand, it seems like would be not easy, but like very obtainable, if I remember right. Dude, money fixes all of this. It does. Absolutely. If you, if you want to shoot something <laughs> that goes in the book, you can pay to mm-hmm. find, make that happen. We have a friend. Um, you know a lot better than me, but uh, both have a friend who has enough money to do it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets that and chooses to kind of make sure he doesn't go on like the can't day leasing and yeah exactly. West Texas. <laughs> but at the same time, he's not just <laughs> yeah you know getting the outfitter to pick him out. He's yeah. going and doing it the hard because he understands. Yeah, like, he'll he'll go on a you know a sheep hunt. He's been on. He's been trying to shoot a bighorn, I think, two or three trips and has not been successful mm-hmm. when he could definitely, if he wanted, I think he could just pay for it to be done. But he's, dude, he eats up the storytelling that the guides do. And, mm-hmm. like, he just, he loves that daggum experience, man. Like, he is all about that. And, I mean, you'd walk into his house and people be like, oh, he's a trophy hunter. He'll look, you know, looks like Cabela's or whatever in yeah. there. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's got some cool stuff. But he, uh, he eats up the experience it's crazy if you mm-hmm. ever talk to him about hunting he almost always just talks about the guides and the stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that instead of the how big the deer was or whatever yeah so it's crazy yeah he drew a good tag last year and i i think it was last year mm. or maybe two years ago i can't remember but i was talking to him about it and dude he lit up you know yep. he's just so excited yep. you know and he, the what's funny is he could have went and bought the same thing but yeah. like drawing it oh yeah was exciting. Dude. yeah i know yeah. man it's, it's crazy it's it's cool. Yeah, but anyway. it is, man. So um, I want to ask you, because this kind of goes into, you know, the theme, like but what's you, what are you most excited about this year? But I feel as if maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Okay. What do you think? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not too much. You know, we'll... Uh, Got to tease that a little bit. Yeah, we might, we might need to wait a little bit before we talk about that, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of exciting stuff this year. Um, first of all, we should talk about our fishing, though. Aspirational fishing. Oh, we almost missed that. Almost missed that. I yeah. forgot. Got to give the people what they want, dude. Yeah. Um. So two of them. I know mine. If you don't, you know two. I know one. Okay. You want me to go? Yeah. Um. I think this is the top aspirational one for me. Ah. Okay. I know both of them. Okay. They're both right there. Okay. Um. They call them leopard trout. They are rainbows that are completely just spotted up like crazy in Alaska. I want to catch them on a mouse. It's cool. In the wilderness. Yeah. 
That's what I want to do. I want to be in a glacier-looking river, stripping a mouse hand over hand, and just have a 30-incher come up and just submarine that dude. That's pretty sick. That's that's one. And the other one is a, like, Arctic Circle Tundra char, Arctic char fishing oh, trip. Oh, like, yeah, big old lit up, yeah. like dollies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. Those are probably my top two, like, aspirations. It's funny how, like... Both of those lead you up the Pacific coast to Alaska, pretty yep. much, you know? Yep. Yeah. Tarpon's in there close, man. That's real aspirational. Like We can possibly do that, like, in a couple summers. I almost jumped one the other day. What do you mean almost jumped it? How does that happen? Um, they were in the area while I was fishing. Mm. Yep, and <clears throat> thought I was going to get a bite. Mm. On fly? I got a couple bites. Did you catch anything no. on fly rod? No, I didn't. We weren't, <clears throat> we weren't able to get a frenzy going enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... That's actually, that is actually what I, before I figured out the char thing just a second ago, that was going to be my other one is I want to re- I want to catch a bull, mahi, a bull dorado on a fly, and I want to put it on my wall like right there. Be pretty sick. Yeah. It's good I need, I need some color in here, man. Yeah, it's man. so gray. And Both brown. of those. I mean, that, that uh, you know, that char would look pretty good too. Yeah. Um, hmm. Obtainables. Um. I think one I haven't thought much about, I'm just going to throw it out there because, you know, whatever. Um, one of those, like, north country lakes that are just slam-packed full of pike, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool to go do. Yeah. Um, like a fly-in type deal. Yeah. That's, you know, like there's apparently, you know, it's always a story, right? But apparently, if you go far enough north in Ontario or Alberta or wherever, you just get up there where it's just half water, half land. Yeah, and no roads. Yeah, no yeah. roads, and there's fish everywhere. Yeah. So that that would be pretty cool. Um, fish just getting old and dying out there. Yeah, dude. Crazy. It's wild. Lake trout, giant lake trout in those lakes, too, from what I understand. I would eat that up so much, <laughs> That'd dude. Be cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. I would we love might be able to look at that and just see how much it costs to do. The problem is going to Canada. You know what the other problem is? Massive inflation while my income stays the same. Yeah, exactly. So Terrible. it might be a few years before my income catches up with the inflation. Who knows how that even works? Uh, we I'm can just about do to buy some gold. Do Trudeau <laughs> dollars instead. And yeah, they'll, they'll be there fine. Uh, well, it's, I mean, one, socialism, you should just be able to go up there. And yeah, they're my fish, too. They can just share me a plane, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> share a plane over to me. Um, <laughs> the other uh, very obtainable that I foresee myself doing, like, within the next two or three years is uh, DIY Bahamas. Let's go, dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. Gosh, there's so many cool fishing places, man. Yeah. DIY Bahamas is There's way more cool fishing than we, hunting. Like you and I can go do that for a thousand dollars each, and I know the guy. Dude. Be gone for like seven days. Yeah, you know, like it's nothing. It doesn't yeah. cost anything. You know what I found out about the Bahamas? It ain't just bone fish and flat stuff. Like, yeah, it's really good offshore stuff. I did not know that. I, I thought it was it. mostly just bone fish and you know that kind of stuff. I would imagine as soon as you go offshore, the price goes up. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there's a ferry that runs from Miami yeah, to the almost Bahamas. went. It's not expensive. I know. Kaylee and I almost did it. Yeah. And we decided, we were like, man, I just need to get back and do some work. And We were like, it was an open thing until like last week. You can go to the Bahamas for a day. Yeah. It didn't cost hardly like 80 bucks. I know. It's like yeah. 75 bucks. Yeah. It's yeah. wild, <laughs> I know. Dude. You go over there and then you just 
hop on a taxi or whatever you want and go to whatever island you want to, and yep. then you're there. Yep. Ain't hard. Just got to make sure your taxi driver ain't been drinking that red stripe. That's right, dude. <laughs> Just <laughs> lay off the conks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sounds like a lot of fun, and I would like to do that soon. I mean, you can fly to Miami. Not very bad. Y'all did it, right? Yeah, we at one point before we booked, we could have got flights for 20 bucks. Cry. I know. We got we got them pretty cheap still, yeah. but now I don't know if it's quite the same. Yeah, I guess went crazy. Yeah, so that's what I heard. <laughs> Word on the street is. <laughs> Word on Facebook yeah. is. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. we were going somewhere after that. Oh, we? dream book, dream buck, dream fish. Ooh, yeah. Um, all right, I'm just gonna give y'all a shameless plug here, um, because I just thought about it. Um, so one of my dream buddies. Cheddar Cross, oh, one of my dream friends. Hey, of the lot, right? I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Cruiser Saddles has a uh, Father's Day sale yeah. coming up soon. Um, they actually just got me to record an ad for it. That's why, because I'm. If you see a sponsored ad on your Instagram feed of me looking dumb, <laughs> it's, it's. I'm sorry, okay. But you, they are having a pretty good deal um, for Father's Day. It's twenty percent off any Cruiser saddle system. Mm-hmm. So go check that out at cruiser.com. Uh, so I hopefully will shoot my dream buck from a cruiser this year, mm-hmm. maybe from the ground. I don't know. Um, we were talking about this a while ago. <laughs> And it's very hard. Like I, I fancy myself a creative person. However, it's hard for me to get certain deer out of my mind. So I'm going to have to say the buck that you and I stalked this year on the ground is about <laughs> near my dream buck. <laughs> I mean, teetering on 170, about a half inch of deductions. Yeah. I mean, symmetrical as all get out, just a Wide. box frame. Mm. Uh, the he had shorter G2s than his G3s, which is not ideal. However, his G3 and G4s were very long for what they were. So, if so he's a dream buck, this year he grows longer G2s. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the dreamiest of dream he, bucks. He's a pretty dreamy buck. Eric and I were 21 yards from him one time. Aww. Cry Central. The footage is good of the back of your head, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Those Sony headphones weren't good. Yeah, they do. They yeah. cancel. Can't cancel hear noise. We're saying. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Anyway, uh, I, I feel like I shot the Dream Buck this year. You're about near dead. 18 points. Do you think of a non typical as a Dream Buck? Not really. What do you think about? Typical? I think I usually, I like typicals, man, but. I will say that, like, a buck that is non-typical but still looks typical mm-hmm. in certain ways, like, just has a bunch of junk but still has a good 10-point frame or 8-point mm-hmm. frame, like, I like those deer a lot. Yeah. But really, I think my dream buck is, may or may not have junk, but has at least 10 typical and is heavy. I like a deer with mass more than just about any other characteristic. Mm-hmm. I think mass is my deal. I also like tall tines, like tall G2s. Mm-hmm. Tall to me, if there's no other tall tines, but he's got tall G2s, he can he looks like a big deer. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean G2s kind of determine the frame. Exactly. With width. So frame, if you wanted to give it math, okay, frame is width, tine length, main beam length. That's yeah. frame. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So like uh 
to an extent, main beams can curl back in and be deceiving. But for the most part, that's how you do a frame. Mm-hmm. So, like, a deer who has tall tines is going to look like he has a big frame. Yeah. I mean, you could shoot a straight-up spike if he was big enough and he would look – I mean, <laughs> he's tall enough and he would be like, that's a big old deer. Yeah, you know? exactly. But And he had mass or whatever. So, to me, like, mass and G2s are kind of the two main things mm-hmm. I like. So. You know, Dream Buck probably has 14-inch G2s, um, probably like 45 inches of mass. Yeah. So are you like talking that. about the deer you shot? <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about something different? <laughs> yeah, he's for, dude, it's hard. I mean, I was telling you this the other day. I, like, I, have a, I have a hard time imagining topping last year. Well, the year before was probably better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just overall, I shot one more deer, and one of those was a giant, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Two of them were giants, right? Actually, three? I don't know. Oh, giants. I, I mean, confused. I would say the Illinois buck and this buck are both giant. Gosh, big, we're looking at deer. three deer on your wall from yeah. that year. I got three shoulder mounts and 20, but I only got one last year, but he was bigger than any of my other ones. Well, you don't have him yet, but we well, will. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. At some point. So that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to top. I just, it kind of almost makes you sad, but it also is like, I don't know, man. I just like shooting deer. I don't I know. really care, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Dude, I mean, the buck I shot in South Dakota this past year, was he, he might not break 100 inches, but just the situation, the scenario, like the place we're in, mm-hmm. it's hard to beat. I know, dude. I just like it, man. Me too. <laughs> it's cool. It is cool. Yeah. Um, so, dream fish real quick. Is it dumb like to a- say like a 60-pound mahi? I think it's a little cool. cool I think they're awesome, dude. I'm gonna eat the tar out of that. Yeah, that's get a replica. How sad is it to just like take your dream thing and just go start cutting it up? You (laughs) know what I mean? Have you ever watched them fillet one of them things? Yeah, they go go all the way up to the head. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) They got meat all up in that head. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's strange, man. It is for sure. Um, Dream fish, huh? Um. I don't Honestly, know. a big tarpon would be hard to beat. It would be hard to beat. Like a 150 know, pound tarpon. I have a hard time with stuff, and I shouldn't let it bother me, but like that's such a it's a dream, but it's also a very industrialized thing that a lot of people have. I shouldn't care if other people have it or not. Right? You know, like, Yeah, I, I like it because I feel like there would probably be hardly any rush. I, I've this is a, this is the same thing that you're talking about. I hate to fall into this category of like I like fish because they jump, but dad gummit, when a fish jumps, cool. I think it. I I can't even stop a yelling pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking it's just the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And so to feel the like just velocity of a tar- tarpon, and then also to see it jump, I mm-hmm. just don't know if it could get much better, man. And also, you can catch them on flies pretty like you stand a pretty good chance to catch them. It's on a good a fly. way to catch one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Almost caught one on a fly one time. Had <sighs> gummit, dude. Yep. Ripped the drag, dude. In I could Texas, not believe. Yes. You would have been. From a, the jetty. Dude, you would have been a daggum star. Yeah, it was me, my wife, and Chance standing on the end of the jetty. Can you <laughs> believe? Like, it was crazy, dude. It's cool. Yeah. And then got spit. But mm. yeah, it was unbelievable. I couldn't, you know, we were just kind of playing around. Yeah. It's wild. But, um, yeah, that's a cool one, man. It is. I don't mean to diminish no, your no. dream one, but you get you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, 100%. About yeah. that? It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a... It's kind of why I like the Dorado. It feels, it feels more wild than a tarpon. Yeah. 
seems like those tarp and just kind of encounter people and industri- industri- industry and commercial things and buildings and stuff a lot more than They're inshore species. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like a mahi might not have ever even seen a you know person. They mm-hmm. might have seen some boats, you know, or whatever. But yeah, uh, I'll tell you my dream fish. Dreamfish is a 13-plus tiger. Ooh. Yeah. That's a dreamfish. I mean, I've dreamed about that one for a long time, so I'd have to say that just because. You don't have enough room for that on your wall. No, you don't mount those. <laughs> get a, they do if you're Johnny Morris. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you put it in Bass Pro. Yeah. You get you, you just get a big old the, the jaw made or, or a replica of the jaw or something like I that. You, I always talked about um, trying to pop a tooth out. Yeah. Because uh, you know sharks lose their teeth periodically, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, which could be real dangerous too. You get down there by the end of that thing, dude. Mm, no just one head shake. <laughs> That's right, dude. Bye bye. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> golly, oh Ooh. goodness, that yeah, that'd be wild. I guess that's probably my dream fish, not because they're they are pretty, but not because they're colorful, you know, but just because mm. of the raw power and stuff. I mean, a big hammer too, but I just feel like. I'm not going to catch one of those because they're so hard to catch. Mm. <laughs> um, so hard to land, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, had a big tiger on before. It's mm. pretty sick. Scary, dude. Backlashed my reel. <laughs> and I ain't talking about a casting reel, you know. Yeah. Like the run so hard that it backlashed the reel. It's wild, dude. Yeah. Golly. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. I, I had him on like a six-aught, so it wasn't like a – probably wouldn't have been able to handle him anyways. But um, – yeah. So there was something I cut you off on before we started talking about the dream buck and dream fish. I can't remember. Oh, I was just telling you about the uh, like things we were excited about this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. we'll, we'll let that sleeping dog lie. Yeah. It's been kind of fun. For sure. Um, if you uh, – <sighs> I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, right. So we, like we said at the beginning of this thing, we have a broadhead video that we'll be releasing. Let's see. We had 2%. Um, now we have 9% mm-hmm. uploaded. So hopefully we'll get that out to you uh, about the same time this pod goes, po- podcast goes out. And if you want to see what we think more about the broadheads and that kind of thing, uh, why they would – like what situations they would work well in and what we tend to use different broadheads for or how we have experienced them, you can check out that video. It's kind of almost like a podcast except for you get to see everything. Mm-hmm. We, we do the video as a video, but it's a, the length of a daggum podcast. But know? we don't like bog it down as much. No, it's, no. it's definitely fast-paced. Just go yeah. through a lot of stuff. That's right. And uh, there's a bunch of deer footage and stuff too. So mm-hmm. throw that in there to kind of show you how we – how they perform, yeah, I guess. What so. correlates to what there. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty good stuff. We also have been recording uh some uh mapping videos mm-hmm. um that we're gonna release um kind of doing some state by state stuff, the states we've hunted or have experience in or whatever. Uh just kind of not quite like what the Map Scout Challenge stuff we've done in the past, but still, you know, using on X and, and and going through stuff, but just a little bit more of our process and maybe like a season's approach to uh, you know, a state level of like, if you're thinking about hunting a state or traveling somewhere, some things to keep in mind and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I hope y'all will enjoy that. That stuff will probably be releasing, you know, uh, a little bit later in the month. Yeah. But, um, dude, that, on X is, I mean, it is clutch for a Texan this time of year because <laughs> yeah. we've talked about this. We got, we were on a podcast the other day on somebody else's podcast and they're asking us, you know, about getting out and scouting. And mm-hmm. we're like, man, this is, we pretty much don't do a lot of summer scouting here. We're going to hang cameras before the season 
on places we found on maps pretty mm-hmm. much. But, I mean, when we were younger, we did do a bunch of scouting in the summertime. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and you have to do some of that to learn what things look like on a map, right? Mm-hmm. So then you can do your map scouting and not have to burn up your boot. Yeah. You know, and quite rubber. honestly, like if we were going to go hunt, I don't know, let's pick a big buck state we haven't been to. Like if we're going to go hunt uh, Kentucky uh, and like in the rut, I'd probably want to go up there and – Look at it a, yeah. a little bit more, and might would do that. But um, you know, once you've been to a state quite a few times, you can start making some inferences, and they're not always correct, but yeah. a lot of times they will be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, we, we've been spending a lot of time on Onyx actually, but the uh, the these videos are going to have um, some of that in there. We're going to show you kind of just broad overviews of like what we would do in the pre rut, what we do in the rut, what we do in the post rut, and then like what we would look for as opposed to, you know, really uh, just breaking down a specific WMA or something like mm-hmm. that like we've done with the Map Scout Challenges in the past. Yeah. Do we have a discount code for Onyx now or something like that? Yeah, we we ha- uh, I think it's a discount code. Uh, the code is Element, yeah. so I don't think it's cap specific. If you need some new Onyx yeah. or want to try it out, use that. Uh, you either get a discount or you just help us out. I don't know which one it I is. I think it's a discount. I think Maybe it's like it 20% off so. or something. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Surely. Uh, we fought for the people, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, if that doesn't work, <laughs> let us know. But I'm, <laughs> I'm right. pretty sure that's going to work, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out. That'll get you 20% off off, off the uh, Elite membership and get you everything you need for the for the next season. Um, yeah, so anyway, appreciate you guys listening. We are going to now crack down on some more of the Map Scout videos. And remember, this is your element. Living it. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved, featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory. Relentless performance for your firearms.